if a school decided that we're going to serve call of Occam because, you know, it's cheaper or the, the health department said the parents would not fly for it. As Lubavitchers, we know the severity of call of Occam and we would never let our kids eat that. Now, what about the free Occam? A knowledge that contaminates the Chabad part of our brain. A child who goes through the school system is giving 7,200 hours of their childhood brain space to learn this. Is this what the Rebbe wants? Mushki Gerevich, a shluch of the Rebbe in Pennsylvania, is here with us today to discuss and impart some clarity onto the topic that is not being discussed enough. Join us for our DAS discussion, where we take it from knowledge and break it down to action. Welcome everyone to our seventh DAS discussion. Wow, we are so excited to have with us today, Mushki Gurevich, all the way from Poconos, Pennsylvania. Actually, my sister. If you can, please introduce yourself to everyone. That would be amazing. Hi everyone, I'm Mushki Gurevich. And I'm really proud to be Rifki's sister who's doing all this amazing stuff. I get really inspired from all the sikhais that I listen to and the DAS discussions. And I'm really excited. Wow, Mushki. Okay, let's get straight into it. And I'm very excited because this week's sikha, the Rebbe says, when you want to lift something up, you people think, right, you want to lift up a building, you got to lift it up all the way from the bottom. But in this sikha, the Rebbe actually says the way to lift something up is from the head. When you lift up the head, everything gets elevated because everything you're starting to do is change, right? When someone takes a course and they become inspired from something, then everything they start seeing is what they took the course about. So same thing with Arab saying, if we are going to be so invested and lift up our Tyra learning, then everything about our life is going to be lifted up as well. The way we eat, the way we drink, the way we talk, the way we sleep, the way we communicate, everything. So... We are going to tie this point of the sicha, lifting up our heads. We're making it really practical. Mushki, I am very excited because together we're going to have this discussion. How and when should we be lifting up our heads? Are we starting when we're 25, listening to podcasts on Spotify? Or perhaps our brains are the most sensitive and the most delicate, like a soft pavement when we are youngest. So Mushki is going to start us off on a journey of what does it mean to put things into our heads and lift them up starting from when we're young. I love what you said, Rafi, about starting when we're young. And um, there's like the muscle about the pavement. When you make a new pavement on the sidewalk and you make an indent, you know, some people like to write in the sidewalk when it's fresh and new, it stays there forever. As opposed to when the sidewalk's already all dry after a couple days, that's it. You can't make any indent. Or there's the mushal, the famous mushal the rubber brings about the seed. Scratch in a seed affects the whole tree. As opposed to when you make a scratch in a tree, once it's already all grown, it doesn't really affect the tree so much. So really, the most crucial years of chinuch and of, well, of anybody is when they're little. When we're little, whatever we learn then, whatever we, we take in then really affects us for our entire life. Um, obviously when you're older, you could change, you could learn, you could grow, but if there's something that just like a part of us forever that goes into us when we're little and as a preschool teacher, actually, 
you know, sometimes you feel like, oh, what's preschoolers? Like you could, whatever, you could just do anything with them. Like what's so important even about teaching preschool. But the more I learn about it and the more I learn what the Rebbe says about it, I realize, wow, this is amazing. The Rebbe even says you could accomplish more with little children sometimes than you could accomplish with adults. Because what you're going to put in them, it's the year Shemayim. It's the Chesedesh like Geshmak. All these things from when they're little. First of all, it's easier to put into them then, and it stays with them forever. Wow. Yes, Mishki, um, this is this is actually very... Whoever gets a ring with their sister officially over Zoom, this is, it was worth making this podcast just for this. But the Rebbe started in 1954, the campaign of learning in school, Al-Tara Sekaitesh, completely Yiddish, Siddish subjects. And as a result, Al-Tara was started... And the Rebbe says, this is the highest and holiest level of education. And he has so much nachas. And then the Rebbe wrote about this gift of Chinuch, Altar Sekaydesh, that it applies also to Yiddish and Medlach as well, with no difference between the boys. The Rebbe says, yes, there's a difference on, on the mitzvah of Talmud Torah for boys, but for girls, to learn other foreign knowledge, that's the same equal to boys and girls. So the school in Detroit started in 1965. Now we're going to take you on a journey to the story of Hanukkah. We had these Greek soldiers and they, you know, had a little bit of a mission to uh, kind of get all of the Jewish children out of Jewishness. And what did they do? One of the main things that they did and the miracle of Hanukkah, how we celebrate it is we light the Menorah, right? We remember this miracle that what? They came into the Basin Mikdash. And it's very simple. They didn't take the bottles of oil and spill it on the floor and, you know, make a nice oil, you know, ice skating floor. No, no, no. They're very, very, you know, proper and respectful. All they're going to do, they're just going to contaminate it. How? By taking off the seal. The oil's there. Look, the oil is there. It's just contaminated. We live in a world where we are greeting Mashiach. And the Rebbe gave us the tools how to live our life in Darshvi. We're special, we're different, and we have high standards. The Rebbe begged, and the Rebbe cucked from the depths of his heart, that we should not be contaminating the brains of our children. The Rebbe wrote a letter to parents saying, How are you able to steal these precious years of a child? Guys, I was only a child once, and now I'm currently out of a child's state. Whatever I did when I was a child, my parents put me, guided me in that space. So the Rebbe was saying, How can you steal a child of his child's years? of his childhood. He doesn't have a say in the matter. And that is the most important part. It's the foundation for his life. So Mushki, the reason why I'm calling you on to this discussion is because I am, Baruch Hashem, so thankful and blessed by Hashem that all my years of Chinuch were Chinuch Altar Sekaydesh. It's a gift. And there's nothing else to say. I didn't even choose it half the time. Um, eventually I did choose it, but in the beginning I didn't. And you had the opportunity of having Chinuch Altar Zekaydesh until fourth grade, and then you moved on to a school which also taught other subjects, which was the right school for you, but you were able to see the difference. So what do you see the difference between, between the two? Okay, so I can definitely say something I always say. When I walked into fifth grade, I remember clearly sitting in a history class and opening the book and closing the book. It was like this nauseous picture of the Civil War, American Civil War. Now, why do I have to see those pictures? And why did I have to learn that if I was going to learn it again in high school either way? First, on, that's first thing. Second of all, I thought, 
I was just a fifth grader, an adult, you know, fifth grader. Geishkeit is not the same as Yiddishkeit. Geishkeit has a different time, even if it might look kosher, it might look, you know, it's not trafe. It's not talking about the Zara, Gilai Rice, Shvichas Damen, or I hope not. But because I had been in a space that I had no connection to any of this, and all of a sudden being put into it, I was much more, um, how do you, what's the word? I was much more um, sensitive. As, even as a little girl, as a fifth grader, I right away closed the book. I couldn't look at it. Obviously, as the years went on, I got a little desensitized, even though I think I stayed a little bit sensitive throughout. Even in high school, they would show history videos. And they were disgusting. And I would never want to watch them. It's that sensitivity, I think, that 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 I had that I was able to notice right away. Wow, this feels like it's it's just not right. It's not for me. It's not for Yid. It's not, it's it's something else. It's 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 like the Yavanim contaminating contaminating me, just like you said. I totally, totally felt that. And um, you know, not always do we see the effects that something has right away. You know, if someone's smoking, they won't, they can look perfectly healthy. But if you take an MRI of their lungs, you'll see that it's a little black, a little damaged. You know, I'm not, I'm not so um, educated on smoking, but I definitely know that there is an effect and you could see it on an MRI or on an x-ray or whatever. Now we all have neshamas. Each one, each yid has a neshama. And the altar of Tanya now, we might not have an MRI of our neshama, and we might not be able to see the effects on our neshama. But if Alter tells us that it's obviously we trust the Alter you know? And I'm, I'm a little bit like scared to see what, what it looks like on me. I personally feel that it definitely had an effect on me. The Chachmas Chitanis that I learned, Definitely had an effect on my Yerushimayim. Now, Yerushimayim doesn't mean that I'm, you know, not going to keep Shabbos or not going to be Tznis, Chas V'Shalom. Yerushimayim is in the small things sometimes. It's, am I so careful about my Tichel covering? Am I so careful every single little Shaila that comes up in my kitchen? Am I careful to daven every day? It really affects us, and sometimes in a way that we don't even see and we don't even notice. But we know that the Alter Rebbe says something, it's true for sure. So it's definitely Matama Levamayach. Now, I want to bring in that some people may argue that the Rebbe approved of some schools to have Chachmas and the Rebbe, uh, you know, approved of different things. There's reasons, and there's also the idea that the Rebbe specifically said that not schools shouldn't learn from them. I know that from Florida, the Rebbe approved, and in Montreal, and the Rebbe said that other schools should not learn from them. And also, let's say there is a school that the Rebbe approved, Chachmas Chitanias, in the 1970s, and that was because in those days, so many Yidin were sending their children to public schools. And we had we wanted to get them out of public schools and put them into Yiddish schools. So the only way to do that would be if our Yiddish schools would have a high standard of secular education. Now, obviously, it's better for them to be in a Yiddish school with secular education than in a public school. Everyone would agree to that. So it was worth putting secular education into the school to get the kids out of public school. But nowadays, there are so many from Yiddin and Lubavitchers that would never send their children to public school, and they're not looking to. So why are we serving them all these chachmas chitanias? 
Um, another, just another thing I was recently thinking about is Chal of Akum would never fall into our school, right? If a school decided that we're going to serve Chal of Akum because, you know, it's cheaper or the, the health department said, the parents would not fly for it. As Lubavitchers, we know the severity of Chal of Akum and we would never let our kids eat that. Now, what about Sifri Akum? I made up that term, but non-Jewish books. Honestly, I think the first step in all this is the Sifri Akum, the non-Jewish novels and literature that school reads. You know, it's one thing, there might be arguments about teaching English, you know, a language to read and write. There's room for, there might be room to talk about that. I think that Gaisha novels written by a guy with their Gaisha ideas, their Gaisha imagination, their Gaisha belief, their Gaisha nefesh goes into the book and we're feeding it to our children. Our little young 10-year-old girl, 11-year-old girl, or even 15, 16-year-old girl is reading a novel by a guy. We would never let our children read novels at home. Or at least some of us would never let our children read novels at home. Gaisha novels. So why are we letting them read Gaisha novels in school? In school, we're allowed and in home, we're not. You know, it's actually kind of mind-boggling. I was always very disturbed that the schools allowed something that even the, on the Ajo's checklist, they would say, I don't read Gaisha books. So why in school? Wow, I totally hear you. And there's like this, no doing it here, but here we're compromising because we have to, because the government says, because the higher ups. I feel like, who's our higher up? Hashem created the world 5,783 years ago, guys. That's a lot of experience. I mean, you know, who lived for that long? Who has this much experience? He's running the world perfectly, and he's continuing to do it. And you know the funny thing is? So many nations come up and down with all their amazing wisdom and philosophies, the Greeks, and this and that, and they all ain't here no more. I mean, no one talks about them. Now we're moving on to the Western and the modern and the, and the psychology and this way of communicating. And every few decades, there's a new thing coming up. And the only people that are surviving through this all is us bubbies, us Zadies, us Yiddish mamas and tatas who are not compromising. We're not listening to all this stuff and what the world has to say. And we, Americans, are following what the government says because this is what we have to do. We're trying our best, the principles, I'm sure, say. Can I, can I actually, can I disturb you on something? Yes. Can I, can I add something over here? Um, I actually want to say, like, it, it, Lav Dafka, it's, it's, it's something that the government won't even give us permission to. You know, I was recently talking to a mother who, for whatever reason, had her daughter on public school online. And she told the teacher that she doesn't want her daughter, she's religious, and she doesn't want her daughter reading the novel that the teacher assigned. The teacher was extremely respectful and extremely accommodating. It said, no problem. It's offense to your religion. You could choose any book you want your daughter to read. I'm going to give you generic worksheets, generic tests, generic essay questions that you can use for any novel. And that's what she did. And this was a Gaisha teacher in a Gaisha public school who was respectful to Yiddish belief. Sometimes we're more afraid than it actually is. And we just need to, and you know what? We have to stand up for what's right. And we do that, Hashem is going to open up all the um, gates and everything. And we're going to have atzlacha. A hundred percent. We're all scared of our own shadows. And the Rebbe says, If we speak from the heart and we get groups together, 
Guys, we live in the 21st century. I'm sure at this point, the AI, we could literally stick in a Yiddish book, tell it to create questions the same as what the, the government needs. There's ideas. There's options. If we care, if we care, do we care? That's the question. And the sad thing is so many people don't. And that's why we're here to discuss it. Because like you were saying, it literally contaminates the Chabad part of our brain like everyone is going into healing now we're all healing our subconscious right and and trans you know and getting ourselves out of ourselves and connecting to inner selves and i love this stuff to pieces this is this we're suffocating our own subconscious we're affecting things that we don't even know yes so many people are siddish yes so many people are from and proud shluchim but we are affected by this knowledge we have learned and we don't even know the Rebbe says nowadays, I was reading in a letter, people are walking down the street. They're scared about themselves. They're scared what their neighbor is going to say. Everyone's scared of the next person. No one's proud to be a Yidin. Where's that stolz guide? Where's that passion that only comes when you have a solid education? There's no compromising. I know I'm like taking over the mic here, Mushki, but at least you're my sister, so I have permission. We all have our smartphones around us. We know what a charger is, and we know how precious it is, and we got to get that charger or else the phone's dead and, you know, Baruch Dayan. Guys, we have an Ashama. It needs to be recharged. And the question is, am I recharging it 100% proudly walking around? I know this phone is going to last me the entire day. Or is my Neshama charged 30 40%? Because the other half of the day, I'm learning about science, about the Civil War, about, you know, every name, American president, and Baruch Hashem. So many people, including myself, do not know the names of the presidents. And yes, I've gotten made fun of in camp. And yes, it's sometimes weird when I don't know where North Carolina is located in the world. But you know what? I don't care. I'm sorry I'm screaming in the mic. But like this is the most passionate episode I'm going to be getting in with this I do not care that I don't know where South Korea is in the world. At this point, I do. But when I was in high school or in, or in camp, I did not know. And yes, you might think, oh my gosh, such an illiterate person. Sweet Pife, I ask you, what does the Rebbe say in the Maimar of Lechadaydi? Tafshin Yud Beis. Does the Rebbe speak there? I'm making up a thing, but let's say, does the Rebbe speak there about sadness? How to control yourself? How to go through emotions? We all want to raise children that are not intellectually smart at this point. We passed that stage. Of course we want smart kids. We need kids nowadays who are emotionally healthy, who know how to live with Hashem, to be calm and at peace. And that's through learning Hasidus. That's through learning Tyra. Okay, we're going to get the, all the energy. I, I can continue going, but we're going to just tame it a little bit. Question for you. What do you think is better? Learning Chachmais Umais, you know, history, science, chemistry, all this stuff, or wasting time? Because let's say, I don't know. What, what do you think is better? What do you think the rabbi said would say is better? Um, I was reading a letter from the rabbi just yesterday or the day before where the Rebbe told someone that it's far worse to learn secular studies than to waste time. Now, I don't think that it has to be the option. Besides for that, the Rebbe says that it's far worse. Obviously, the Rebbe knows what he's talking about. To learn Chachmizit and to waste time. We can find things for kids to do. It's not like you have to waste time. You can fill a whole day with Yiddishkeit, Siddishkeit. And for girls especially, there's so much to learn about, um, you know, building a home and even practical things sewing, cooking, baking. You know, so many people come to their marriage and they have no idea how to cook something. They'll learn, they'll learn. But, you know, I've learned so many things in school, like algebra that I've never used. And even if there were some things that are important to learn, I could have learned them 
through the Torah, like learning about the Mishkan and the dimensions of the uh, the Zbeach, I could have learned through that the math that I need to learn. I definitely didn't need to learn all the, you know, theoretical things that an architect needs to know because I'm not becoming an architect. And if I was, I would go to college and, you know, and learn well, that exactly, there. It sharpens your brain. It's expanding your horizon. It's very good. It's very good for you. I mean, Tyra is the best and Tyra has everything in it. And the smartest people are the ones who learn Tyra. And that's been proven throughout all the generations. We've seen all the Tamindi Chachamim were the smartest out there. And all the Gayim even saw that. So um, definitely, like we, I want to just bring this back to the beginning. You know, sometimes we, we hear this and we're like, I really wish this would happen. How could I do this? I think that for sure, like till high school, there's no need, you know, for like history and, you know, crazy math stuff. Basics through Tyra, there's curriculums for math through the Tyra, learning it with Ty- within Tyra. Yeah, um, you could learn science from within Tyra, you know, learn about the sun, the moon, there's so much to learn. But little kids, definitely, 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 as much as we can to push it off, to push it off as much as we can. Um, and like I said before, I think one of the worst things is the Geisha novels and the Geisha literature. And I don't even think that it's like something that it's so hard to figure out how to change. I heard recently about a teacher in one of our schools who was a seventh grade teacher and she decided she's reading a Jewish novel with her class. And that's what she did. And that's incredible. And nobody stopped her. So I'm sure if parents and, you know, community members would say enough is enough. We can't have this in our schools anymore. No more Geishkeit. For sure, no more Geisha books and no more Geisha literature. Then we will have a change. If only more people would open their mouth and speak up, we can change this. It's not impossible. I know that last year in the Beis Rivka, um, uh tank, it's called or something. Somebody is one and is working on a literature book. Uh, give the shit literature book and I think that's incredible I think that we just have to do things more and faster because time is ticking and Mashiach is coming and we can't just cross around every day is precious every neshama is an ayla mali and we cannot contaminate one more soul 100% and the question is every single principal and parent out there are we ready to give our child schedule or your school's schedule to the Rebbe, confidently stand in the front line and say, Rebbe, these are the children that I am raising to greet Mashiach. Here is their schedule. Kita Aleph, Chumish Navi, um, Parsha, lunch. History, science, math. Kita Beis, Chumish, Parsha, Navi, lunch. Is this what the Rebbe wants? Everyone could ask for themselves. I would be ashamed, embarrassed to give the Rebbe such a schedule. The Rebbe worked tirelessly, day in, day out. And the Rebbe, like one of the secrets I was learning, they were saying, if only I would be able to talk more. I'm just, I just, how important and tiresome this is, I would. But people are not ready to listen. Guys, we want to be here for the Rebbe. We're here for you, Rebbe. We want to listen. We want to listen to you. We don't want to listen to the government that is telling us, okay, of course, this is Dina Malchusa, Dina, 100%. We have to listen to the government and right, and it's not an option. But I mean, like, we can... As a community, we can come together and create a plan. How to, of course, respectfully, but confidently say we are proud Yidden. We're not 
part of everyone else. We have values. We are working to impart, and they will copy us, guys. I'm just waiting for like the guy to like say your your books are just so much cooler, so much better values. But that's a side point. But Rebbe, we're here for you. We know you work tirelessly to bring Mashiach, and we are ready to give our children the best chinuch. Charge in Hashem is 100%. I'm not scared of my next door neighbor. I'm not scared of the, what he's going to say, what this principal is going to say, how much money I'm getting. I'm ready to do the right thing. Because, guys, look in history. The proof is in the pudding. Who perseveres? Those who do not compromise. So, Mishki, I'm just going to have a little conversation with you because I totally hear the other side. It sounds like I'm only one-sided. No, I totally hear the other side. And I also had questions until I learned, until I got cl- clarity for myself. But I'm going to ask you the questions that could come up, and we're going to have a conversation. So, hi, Mishki, I heard you're really passionate about Taras Kaidish, but I want to send my children to this school because they need to know, you know, these subjects to be able to get a high school diploma. You know, it's interesting how a couple years ago everyone used to say how college without college you can't be successful without college you can't you know you're gonna just fail in life you're not gonna make any money etc etc now the world is actually saying that college is not necessary and college is maybe a waste of time and more and more people and parents even guys parents are giving their kids options not to go to college because they realize that you know there's other ways to make livings and maybe even more um, reliable ways because many people who go to college don't even use their degree. Now, this is not a conversation about college, but it clearly shows you how what the world says is needed to be successful is not necessarily true. It's Tyra. Tyra, whatever Tyra tells us to be successful is true. Um, yeah. Okay, but then if they don't go to, they don't get a diploma, then they won't get a degree in a second. So how are they actually going to make money? Okay, so you're just saying I should like rely on some new innovation of a job well first of all i want to say that once someone gets married and they need to make a parnasa they can learn if necessary if you know there's no shlachas or options that are suit them you know after they get married they can speak their mashpia and many bachrim and after they get married who never learned any of these chachmas are very successful. They go, they learn a trade, they make money. It doesn't have to start when you're two years old. You know what I mean? And get your GED when you're 25 and go learn something and it's not going to waste your time. You know what I mean? Okay, cool. But what if I don't have that trade? How am I going to make money? Like, what does Hasidus even say about making money? Who gives me well, my money? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Thank you for, for reminding me about that. Obviously, it's all from Hashem. When we do what Hashem wants, then Hashem gives us the most brachas. So it's it's not really like a, you know, we get in, we don't live alpi teva or what the world looks like it says. We live according to what the Tyra tells us. And if we listen to Hashem and we learn Tyra, do mitzvahs and do the right things, then that's how we're going to be successful because somebody could learn all the, you know, it was actually like, if you look at, if you look around you, you see so many like dropouts and, you know, these boys that, that um, people thought couldn't sit in class and they're the most successful, richest people in the world. You know, I remember my friend whose father is a really successful lawyer. She's like, yeah, my father used to, he was actually about you, but he wasn't from, he said, my father was the worst kid in school and he became a lawyer and really successful. So we don't have to worry about what our children's future is going to be. We only have to worry that we're giving them the chinuch that 
the utmost that's the best for their Yerushalayim and for their Yiddishkeit. Wow, yes, Hashem wants to dwell in the world, and specifically B'saycham, Hashem wants to dwell in each and every one of our brains. Is my brain a vessel, a keli, so pure, so holy for Hashem? And I really believe, the Rebbe says, the world is from the Torah. Hashem looked into the Torah to create the world. So when we make Chidushim in Torah, there's actually Chidushim in the world. That's why the Rebbe says in this week's Sicha, that when Mashiach comes, what does it mean there's going to be a new world, a new Shemaim, a new Aretz? Because we're going to be getting this new Torah. So that's going to cause that every single thing we see in the world, we're going to see how it's being created at this moment from Hashem, which basically means that the whole world is going to become new. And I really believe when we get together, we're literally soldiers. We're on a mission. We got to win this war. We're so overdue. When we crack this down, guys, and we make a chiddush entire learning, that's it. My key to Aleph, Bey's game will dial it. Hey, Vav, Madel, or Yingle is learning full time. Full time job, guys. Torah. We are going to have a chiddush in the world. The world is going to change. The light is going to be felt different. We're not going to be walking down the streets and seeing the same same gullus we're going to start seeing ula guys it's in our hands like who are we afraid of already like that's it we gotta just move on in life we gotta just be proud yes i'm teaching kaidesh the tire tells us when we try hard we will succeed together guys we can do it we are the soldiers we are the ones who are bringing mashiach it's not in anyone else's hands guys it's in your hand the person who's listening it's in my hand that's why i'm trying to make this podcast not just to talk more about the problems but to actually just bring this awareness and try to get things rolling but when you're in school what do you feel was the part that was emphasized the kaidesh or the hall like where were the programs happening on and what was like the energy in the school you know, sometimes like the, the schools emphasize so much the English. It's kind of like, are you a Babich sometimes? Like, I'm not here to put anyone down. But just to bring the awareness that that what's going on and that things really, you know, it's in the community's hands. It's in the parents' hands. If enough people get together and you know what? It's not easy. But if enough people get together and not just one voice complains, like I personally spoke up, but I'm just one little girl. But if more and more people get together and say, we want to change this, we want we want our children to have a focus on chsidishkeit, you know, that if they have a, 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 a chumish assignment and a history assignment, they shouldn't be more scared that their history assignment or English assignment has to be done first and better because you know, in that school where they're going, it's like so much more important. Like they can get away with Chumash, but they can never get away with English. And unfortunately, that is the reality in many places. So we just need to stand up and raise our voice and say, Mila Shamirai, Maccabi, like the Yavanim, like Rifki was saying, how that's how they fought the Yavanim. And make sure and try our utmost in whatever way we can to keep the minds and hearts of the Yiddish Neshamais pure. Wow, yeah, I just feel like we're, we're just past following along, everyone. Like, we just, we're, we're, we're moving on. We're welcoming Ula. Every person is Ayla Malay. We can do this together. And I was actually, you know, sometimes people think like they make these gatherings and it doesn't inspire people. I'm sure they know it inspired people. But the CM Harambam inspired me to take on a Chata to learn Park Echad for one week, which is like, hey, me, well, I'm a girl. Why am I learning Park Echad? I'm like, no, let me try. And actually, it was so inspiring just to learn Tyra. And 
I was reading today's Rambam, and what does it say? Avram looked around, where's God? And he found it, and then he passed it on to his son Yitzchak, and Yitzchak passed it on to Yaakov, and Yaakov passed it on to all, the gener- all of his kinderlach, all 12 of them. But when they came to Mitzrayim, they got affected by the Mitzrayish outlook and their getchkas, and they started serving other stuff. But there was one Shevet, Shevet Levi, that persevered and said, uh-uh, they did not follow along. And guys, they were the ones that were not drawn, they were the ones that were not dragged into all the slavery, they were Shevet Levi. Guys, we're Shevet Levi. We, we, get, we have to be the Yidin who are inspired, who are saying we're going to make a change. And it's, it's literally that pavement. We want there to be a beautiful, clean pavement. We don't want like lines all across it and then it gets settled and dried. Actually, just this came to me, but Mushki, how many hours a day did you learn Chachmai Saumais when you were in school? Um, I would say like around two hours and 15 minutes was Limode Kaidesh and Limode Chal was slightly more. Okay, give me a number. Just curious. I'd say about three hours. Three hours a day. Cool. How many days a week did you learn? <laughs> uh, or you attend to school? Well, there were Sunday through Friday, but Sunday was secular studies and Friday was um, Judaic studies. So kind of balances it out to about five days. Cool. So we have three times five equals 15. Now, how many uh, weeks are there in a month? Four. Awesome. Times four. Uh, so far, we're currently holding at 60 hours a month of Limonde Chayel. How many months were you in school for? Um, I'd say 10 months. Okay. 60 times 10 equals 600 hours a year your children or us kinoach are learning contamination stuff now you're gonna tell me hey it's it's parev it's not us sir i've gotten that from people who i've spoken to what's the difference mushki maybe some things are taka parev and maybe some things are us sir what is there a difference the Altarebbe says in Tanya that and the Altarebbe clearly says that the altar is not talking about things from it's like not talking about learning about um you know other religions and by the way not all of our schools unfortunately are careful with that even i know a history teacher who sat with a rav and he told her many things that they were learning were actually usser and no one before her after that like changed the curriculum she did it for her class so we just be careful with that but back to your question, the Alter Rebbe is not talking about things that are Shalaskib's maze, Amitamaliva Nefesh. The Alter Rebbe is talking about things that come from Klipasnaiga. So even like math and science is Matamaliva Nefesh. Now, I want to say, like, I, I, I love this example about Chal of Akam. You know, Chal of Akam is not Shreif, you're not eating Chazer. But Chal of Akam, every, everyone knows they're not going to eat that. You know, every Lubavitcher will not give that to our kids. So, are we going to give our kids Sifrei Akum? Are we going to give our kids these Chachm Schizanias? It might not be Shreif, but it's Metama Haleva Hanethesh, and we know that because the Altar tells us that, and we don't need anybody else to tell us otherwise. Wow. I feel like we're just like, we're just, we're just different. We're special. We have a different like learning system. We don't need to just follow the trends and become educated. Like what's a shm educated educated? Everyone knows like at this point, Kayla, we're good. fine. Back to the 600 hours a year. How many years were you in school for learning this stuff? Well, 
the 600 hours is like high school time because that you learn more hours in high school than in elementary school. But let's say there was four years of high school. So that's 600 times four. And then I personally learned 2, another 4,400 so far. But one second, you just like totally skipped out all the elementary years. What, what, what happened with that? So Baruch Shem in, in elementary school, I only learned four years of Chach Masritanius, not all my years. And um, it's a little bit less. It's no, like, but I'm asking for in general, for people who go to school and just to know how much we're learning, not you. Oh, you so, need... there's, so there's eight that... years. Most kids learn from first grade to eighth grade, I think. So... And they learn from one to four, three hours minus a half an hour, let's say, tops. Most schools have even less for mencha and recess so for sure two and a half but then there's a, then there's hours. a studying sweetie pie then there's a study for all this stuff after so 600 hours times 12 years of <laughs> of our kinderlach's life of the, of the darashvi of the generation that's bringing mashiach of the top notch darashvi mwah, beautiful neshama 7200 hours brech Whoa, this is becoming really passionate. Lower the volume, guys, if it's too much to hear. But 7,200 hours? That's like a pathetic amount of a number. Why? Because the government said. Why? Because what could we do? This is, this, this is, this is. Guys, our grandparents' sweat and blood went into keeping you, this guy, alive with passion. What did the freeze grandpa do? Number one underground yeshiva is there is no compromising. We're going to give up our lives. So the, the teacher comes in, the rabbi comes in, the next day he's shot, the next day a new rabbi replaces him because chinuch is, eh, there's no price to it. Mushki, wow, this, this was a lot. So I think we're going to hold it on here. I think the energy is rolling. But what's your last words? What's your thoughts? What's, what's the takeaway? Everyone listening, what's something practical they can? So yes, okay, I'm inspired. Yes, 7,200 hours is, is the number. So, so what can I do? So two things just came to my head. Number one is speak up. I think every additional person who speaks up is going to create change. If only one person speaks up, it's not going to do much. But if we have more and more parents saying, can we change something in our school's curriculum? One thing at a time. Maybe it's going to only be one thing at a time. I think number one, number one, number one, number one is take away Gaisha novels and literature. Number two, history does not need to be taught in third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, seventh, eighth. For sure not. Like you'll learn the same things. At least when I was in high, when I was in school, I learned the same things again in high school. So why waste your time when you're younger? Maybe we could learn math and science in a Yiddish way, you know, just some ideas. Um, and the more parents that request, the more I think the schools will try to accommodate. And number two is in our own homes. Our own homes try to infuse Yiddishkeit as much as we can. And whenever our children were watching, you know, um, videos, let's try to give them Yiddish content, Yiddish content. Um, you know, sometimes that video might seem, oh, it's pariv. It's just touching, teaching them, you know, math or whatever. It's or even books. And, you know, sometimes it's hard. You know, we don't have what to do with our kids or whatever. So we're just going to let them learn. We're going to give them a math book or something extra to do. Let's try to give them, you know, there's so many new curriculums about Inyadigal Mashiach or stories about Tzadikim. Infuse their life in with Yiddishkeit and make that also in our own lives a priority 
and our children will see it. Our children will see that our chayis and our kach is in the Yiddish values, in the Chassidish values, in the Lomali Kaidesh, and it'll definitely affect them. Wow, I love that. I'm also going to add some ideas. Maybe we should actually ask the principals, are we learning the bare minimum even if the government and there's no other way, and even if, which I don't know, we're Yedin or above Teva, there is a way, there's a will. But are we learning the bare minimum? Like, does this kid have to learn science for six, 12 years of her life, the same thing? Does she have to learn this amount of math? Does she have to read this amount of history? Maybe we could learn less, take off one subject here. And also, maybe we could just start teaching it third grade, fourth grade. Why when they're in Kita Aleph, these smushies, this delicious Nishamais? Maybe speak to your principal. Push it off for three, four, five years. I don't know as much as you can. I'm just saying numbers, but like something. Another thing I was just thinking of is make it a point to make the programs not in the morning, in the afternoon. Take off the program times by the chayl. Make the emphasis. The whole morning is sacred, right? When something is separate and holy, we don't touch it. Tyra studies and subjects we're not touching it that's set in stone you'll learn about the umptive in the morning and then you'll have the program in the afternoon it's not you'll have the program in the morning and then you'll come to the afternoon and you'll learn all the shtosim and shmetzigazachin and you know what and if anyone is worried that their children are going to be emotionally not balanced because they didn't learn the stuff reach out to alphalobar at gmail.com i will love to speak to your daughter or to you i'm i'm Hashem, so lucky i i didn't learn any of this stuff my brain is pure i don't even know who else to thank besides for the rabbi for giving me this gift that my brain is just, there's nothing to think about. I don't know, these stupid Joeys and Shmoeys eating the cantaloupe when they were 45 and they fell off the roof and then, you know, the dog kicked them and then, and that's like the par of stuff. Forget about like the Civil War and who died and how many bloodsheds. Like, mamish does some shivers does some. To end on an amazing note, guys, it's in our hands. We are bringing Mashiach, guys. You are amazing for listening till the end. Chavra, rate the podcast, share it with a friend. Together, we will bring Mashiach. It's in our hands. We could do it. We're just amazing. We ha- we're shining the Shemites. We're in Hashem's hands. We have the power, guys. Just pump yourselves up. There's no one to be afraid of. I know that sounds like a seminary inspiration, but it's real. Chassidus is real. And um, Mashki, it's been real. Shkayak for taking your time. Busy, Mommy. Aisha Schayel. You're literally amazing. And you're so inspiring. By the way, half of this passion and inspiration definitely is straight from your sister guys be good older siblings because your your younger kinderlach are watching thank you mushki for joining all the brachais and have a wonderful day thank you have a good day